This is the Loris Butler Hunter podcast, and it is a story of her life. It is one of love, devotion, and unwavering commitment to faith and family. I'm Loris Butler Hunter, and I believe it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life that's in your years, and I have been blessed to have both. Okay, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today because we have a very special guest, but I'm going to let Loris introduce who is on our podcast today, Loris. Okay, my brother, Bruce Butler, Bruce Corwin Butler. Uh, He lives in Billings, Montana. So we don't get, and because I live on the East Coast, we don't see each other very often. It's right now, it's been a few years. Several years. Several years, I think. And he's here with his wife, Joan. And I think she may come up and listen in. She may sit in the background. I don't see her here yet. She's probably <laughs> more worried about cleaning up our very hasty breakfast. <laughs> we pulled out. And it's such a, we're so glad you came in town just for the podcast, Bruce. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh yes, much. he did. <laughs> and just a few other things. So well, right. my arms got really tired yesterday flying though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you're a feat. Now, how old are you right now, Bruce? Oh, I. 80 right now, be 81 here this next month. In May. He In turned May. 81. So he's three, three years and three months younger than I am. Yeah. So Loris um, told us the story of going to the hospital. Like that's kind of her first memory of you of going to the hospital with her dad and seeing you. Kind of what is your first memory of Loris? Oh, gee. That's a that's a good, good question. Uh I don't really remember, but I'm going to say it was probably when I was about three years old before I really started, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about or being able to remember things. Yeah, yeah. So we were living in New Jersey at that time, or as they would say, New Jersey. <laughs> and I, you know, I just remember us being little kids and remember being out in the potato patch and, and mm-hmm. uh, eating um uh, those red things, what are they? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yes. Mm, you can you yeah. stick your thumb. And I'd stick my thumb in it and eat around it. Eat around oh, it. So I don't like, and I, <clears throat> it's taken me many years to really like fresh tomatoes. Mm. Probably but, because of my thumb? No. <laughs> your son who I married is the same way. <laughs> yes, John. Oh, yes. I could tell you episodes about John. Yes. yes. His brother, Richard. Richard. He gave, yeah, he gave that from you. So, so your first memory is in New Jersey. And then there's, so is New Jersey kind of, because we've kind of gone through the New Jersey years. Is New Jersey, do you have some strong memories there? Do you want to share any of your memories from New Jersey? No, I just remember there was train tracks in the back of our house. And when a train would come by, it would rattle everything and knock pictures off the walls. Wow. And oh. I think that was my first plane ride too, that I don't know who the gentleman was, but somebody, parents knew that had a single engine plane you know like a piper, piper cub i think it was and uh, we all got to go up and go for a ride in it i would have only been three because I, yeah, turn... I didn't tell i didn't tell jenny about that, that yeah. was no what an adventure and like plane rides like at that time well and we just flew you know we just flew around the local area but we yeah. could say oh there's the school and there's the you know and like i told you we lived in a big for us a big house on kind of a small little estate little Mm-hmm. Farm little. I couldn't tell you. Cat, an acreage, I think you'd say. Yeah. 
And so when do you, when does your childhood memories really start locking in when you guys moved to Billings? Yes, I'd say so. Yeah. Or on the way, because on the way to Billings, uh, we stopped at my mother's brother's house oh. there in uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh, dad was already in Billings. And, but I, I turned four years old when I was there in Fort Dodge. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dad, Dad sent me a birthday present, which I still have to this day. What it was it? It doesn't fit, but it was a <laughs> pair of uh, leather shaps and little leather vest. Oh, so cute. A little Western outfit. Yeah, a little yes. Western outfit. Oh, oh and your feelings. How fitting. Oh, what a thoughtful dad. So what is your memories of your mom and dad? Kind of just like your recollections a little bit you could share with us. Um, good good people not uh you know just taking care of the family uh i can only think of one time i ever heard my father swear and it was just a minor word mm-hmm. but that's because he hit his head on the trunk lid of the <laughs> oh, car. yes oh. and uh but my parents always took care of us you know mm-hmm. and i remember camping so many times you know as a kid in fact, that was one of my most embarrassing moments, you know, with with Laura's. Oh, share that. Oh. Um, that we were in a tent, yeah, you know, because we didn't have the things we have today. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we first started camping there in Yellowstone, uh, uh, the folks would sleep outside mm-hmm. on cots and have a tarp over them. Mm. And but Lars and I would sleep in the car. Mm-hmm. I because, don't remember them sleep having a, the pot set up. There. Oh yeah, I thought they yeah. slept on a tarp when we first went. No, the tarp oh. was overhead. Oh, but there okay. in Yellowstone, would have bears that would come through camp, would just walk through camp, and they were afraid that <laughs> bears might, mm-hmm. you know, have us for lunch or dinner mm-hmm. or something like that. That's minutes. why you were in the car. <laughs> we were in the car, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, but of course, my folks like the outdoors. And maybe that's why I like the outdoors so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's fun to be outside, especially where I live. You know, I can see so far and see so much, do so many things. And yeah, and so tell the listeners, like you're still living in Billings, Montana. That's well, actually I live about 18 miles west of Billings. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say in a town of Laurel, but no, Laurel is our address. But we don't live in town. We we live out in t- out of town. And we're on three acres, and uh, in back of us, there is nothing until you get down to the Yellowstone River, which mm-hmm. is about a mile away. Wow. And there's, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have, you know, just like I look around here, and wow, you know, you can almost touch the house next door, mm-hmm. and so on, and, and couldn't help but look flying in here yesterday, uh, you know, wow, you know, houses, houses, houses everywhere. Well, yeah. we, we don't have that where I live. And I I like how do I space. say it? I like space. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I do have a neighbor on each side of me, but we're on three acres, and my one neighbor has seven acres, and the other neighbor has I think two or three acres. So nothing is close. And you know they're, they're good people, and we really like them. Matter of fact, each family has little children, and mm. so they go across our backyard. Yeah, to get to each other's house and and play. And that's that's fine. Yeah. So so is there, so you, because you guys, your family, and we're going to learn this in later podcasts, we haven't got that far in the history of Laura's yet, but we're going to pre foreshadow kind of the story. So, because you guys, you spent many years in DC, 
but your heart really, it sounds like is in Montana and was when, when yeah, you were no, no question about it. Yeah. Well, Bruce always said, you know, you can take the boy out of the mountains, but you'll never take the mountains out of the boy mm-hmm. or something, yeah, yeah. something to that effect. Yeah. And was very excited to get to move back to back to Billings and I love it too there but I've also grown accustomed to being here and I live in a neighborhood here where um, it was built with the philosophy that we would be close friends with our neighbors and we have sidewalks so that we walk safely to a lot of places now I live a little further away from where the grocery store and the pharmacy and some of these things are so Mm -hmm. I probably I could walk that far I don't usually walk that far and we have some lakes and some hike walking paths around some fairly good sized lakes here in the community and um so and most most grandparents would be envious of you because three of your four children you lived less than a block from all of them <laughs> you know well, you maybe with? about three blocks yeah I mean like so you are kind of in the same yeah, we we walk to each other's homes yeah, we're the only black sheep out of Florida. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't we don't have blocks where we live. Yeah. Um, no, you have miles. Yeah, yeah. I, we have to walk about 250 feet out to the mailbox. Oh, that right. must be so tough for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you live in a slice of heaven. So when you guys got to Billings, like as as because it was just you two. So were you were you guys close as friends growing up? Like kind of tell me that dynamic of your relationship through the years. Would you say, let's have you go first, Laura, since you're the oldest, and then you share with us? Yes, because we both said we do love to talk. <laughs> and um we both have a habit of talking to strangers in in interesting situations. And um other people in our family, mother was a more retiring person. She would not just go up to someone in a store and never say hello or anything like this. But daddy talked to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we that, talk. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. Yeah, because I'm not afraid to, you know, I don't care who it is, but yeah. you know, I'll walk into a store and just say hi, or, you know, as they're coming out, I'll say hi or open the door for them, especially if it's an automatic door. Let me get that door for you. And I step there and of course it automatically <laughs> opens. But hey, if I can put a smile on someone's face, I like to do it. Yeah, I and, like to try to be positive. And and I love to be able to um, compliment the people that are doing the cleaning, mm-hmm. the custodial staff, and say, oh, you always keep this so nice. I yeah. know you work hard. To I even said that at the airport last night because the guy um, was always wiping down the counters there where you wash your hands. I said, you got a never-ending job. He said, yeah, I do. I said, well, hey, you do good. Yeah. Yeah. Job job security. I try to do that because I did. Do you think that was your mom or dad who kind of gave you that lens of gratitude that you both have? Mm. Well, mother would never would feel it, but not verbalize it as much. She would probably verbalize it to you guys, right? Oh, yeah, Yeah. she would. We would. Um, You were asking about my early memories of Bruce. Yeah. Like, were you good friends? Because, I mean, did you? I think we were when the two of us were together. Or mm-hmm. our parents like to take these camping trips. We would lots of times on weekends because we were living in a not good place when we were first in Billings. Getting out of town was a good opportunity yeah. to just be our family. And so I think we grew up with that. Bruce reminded me of the game we used to play, which was, you know, yeah, yes. You know how children, play, little girls like to play house and do those kinds of things. Well, we played this game and it's called Pretzi. 
Mm-hmm. And we, we did this in the car. That was me. That was Bruce. It was, was Pretzi. And Bruce Pretzi was a little mountain lion, but her mom had been killed. So she was an orphan. And so we adopted Pretzi and took him to our house. And Pretzi meowed a lot. But, but Pretzi had to lay on the floor of the back seat of the car. Mm-hmm. Pretzi laid on the floor and he could put his head over by where the hump was mm-hmm. that came between the seats. And uh, I was a little girl who loved Pretzi. And we taught, actually, we taught Pretzi how to talk a little bit. <laughs> and Pretzi talked. And so we could communicate. And this is a game we played, like I said, in the car. Yeah, I played it. And yeah. I subjected Bruce to being Pretzi. And I don't know <laughs> where the name like a little brother. <laughs> where the name came from. But we did that. And we did have lots of adventures in places like Yellowstone. But we also did, I remember camping in the Tetons. Um, and my mother's favorite thing to do would be to get out a cot with a sleeping bag on top of it and just lay there and read in the sunshine all day. And so the one time <clears throat> daddy took us kids and we rented horses wow. and Bruce rode Blackie and I rode Brownie. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> I Bruce, didn't remember, you remember this. Name. And I remember just feeling like mother probably said to daddy, you need to do something with these kids. <laughs> I need a break. And mother always said, I hope when I die, I can die in the Teton Mountains. And oh. she died in Washington, D.C., but didn't quite get her wish. But yeah. anyway, um, and mother was very supportive of, of our dad. Um, she was, as we got a little older, certainly the typical 50s housewife. Well, she didn't clean house in high heels. It wasn't quite like we saw on TV. <laughs> right, right. But she did always have a dress on. And mother always was perfectly clean with her hair done, nice, and wore a minimum of makeup. But she usually had some lipstick on and yeah. greeted daddy with a kiss when he came home from work. And I think it's funny that I always say mother, which is much more formal but I call him daddy. Mm-hmm. And I have a few friends, my generation that use the same terms. In terms. What about I think I called her mommy when she, when I was little, but little. then she just became mother. Yeah. And, but he never was father. Interesting. Called his dad, father, father. And what did you call them, Bruce? Dad, mom, dad, mom. Okay. Yeah, I think he he was more modern, see, than I was. Oh, so um, modern. So I'm, as you guys got, I'm so much younger. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know those three years. It's three years, wow. Um, got older. Would you guys fight, or I mean, would you have common friends? We had, we had a little. Some, there were sometimes with challenges, and I will tell you when I was most embarrassed by Bruce. Oh, we didn't hear Bruce's embarrassing story about the camping. So we need to loop back to that. So tell us yours and then we're going to. Oh, well, uh, I had my first girl boy party. Mm. I had at my house when I was in middle school or junior high, maybe. Or I guess what they call middle school now. It's probably eighth or maybe even ninth grade because ninth grade was in junior high then. Um, I think it was younger than that. It was maybe eighth grade. And Bruce's birthday was the same day as my party was that Mm. night. And I'm not a very good party planner. Even now, my kids could do better than I do. <laughs> but um, I somehow thought it was all going to be turn out great because we were invited these boys. But Bruce has a birthday present from someone, I don't know who, had received what I call a cork gun. It was kind of like a rifle 
that you put a cork in the end that was hooked to a string and then you shoot it and this cork hits the person that you shoot it at. Oh, wow. So Bruce. Not a very long string. Though. No, no. String. Okay. Yeah, yeah, string. yeah, 18 inches, maybe most. Okay. So but Bruce, it pop. yeah, it popped, made this noise. And then this, you felt this just little cork hit you. So Bruce had his cork gun and he was shooting the girls in the back. <laughs> Bruce, how old were you at this time? 12? Well, I was three years younger, so if she was... No, say, I was probably 13. Maybe. She was 13. Total typical 10-year-old little brother. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, but what happened that was upset me so much, the boys thought it was so fun. They wanted to play with Bruce. Not pay any attention to us girls who thought we were hosting this party. Bruce stole the show. And Bruce stole the show because the boys wanted to pop the court gun at the girls uh-huh. or just at each other. And yeah. they didn't pay a lot of attention to us. And so it was kind of a failure as a party. Well, mother and daddy eventually took Bruce away and found something else for another activity for him. I think they took me to reform school or something. <laughs> <laughs> but or time, I remember being, you know, really cross. And once we had a, a big fight about, we had a new puppy and whether whose room he was going to stay in. And this is when we were older. We were, I was in high school at this point and uh, mother and daddy were gone that night and we were, Tending ourselves, and we had a, a big fight. I don't remember that. Well, you threatened me with a fireplace poker. Oh, <laughs> and, I, and I ran and locked myself in my room. Yes, I love that he doesn't remember that. So, but Bruce, we remember weird things, but we remember a lot of fun that we've had together. Yeah, it sounds like way more fun. Like, yeah, these and we both just really have a love of our family yeah. and um, our religion, um, which makes it nice that we're both. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day. Yeah, and I want to visit that when you get when the gospel came in your life. We're going to have Bruce's impression for we have him. But um, Bruce, what was the most embarrassing moment that you said that you had with Laura's at camping? Yeah, we were out camping, oh. and we had this tent. Oh, and okay. and you know, we had to get undressed back those days before putting pajamas on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get undressed in front of my sister. <laughs> and I remember my mom telling me, "Hey, turn your back, back to back." Because from the back, you both look the same. (laughs) Okay. But I was embarrassed about that, you know, having to get undressed in front of my sister. Yes. That would be, how old would you have been? Do you think like six? Oh, I don't know. I was, you know, still a kid. I don't know. Say seven, eight. Six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that age of when things are starting to be aware of it. Right. Right. (laughs) And so would you feel, did you feel like Loris like was bossy or did you like, like want her attention? Like kind of your memories of her as your older sister. I don't, I don't ever recollect her being bossy to me. You know, I knew she was my older sister and I was supposed to do what she said within reason. Uh, <laughs> oh. I don't always do that. <laughs> right, right. Do you remember the night we tried to beat up the babysitter, though? No. Oh, oh. my goodness. <laughs> well, that's the last time we ever had a babysitter. Oh. She was on the front phone with her boyfriend the whole time mm. and uh, wouldn't pay any attention to us. And... Um, we decided just to gang up on her and we kept trying to hang up the phone. And we, oh, you too. You right. know, and that was, we were old enough that we, we told our parents we would tend ourselves. You're done with the baby. <laughs> that's also, that's the time when we were home alone. This is later on. Yeah. We were home alone 
And I decided I wanted my hair cut short because I'd always had long hair. So By the way, I like your hair. Oh, thank you. Yes, Jenny's always <laughs> long hair. He's always put together. So I had Bruce cut my hair. <gasps> Bruce. Oh my goodness. Oh, your poor Disaster. mother. That's all I can say. Disaster. I, I could tell you down the sides, it went, went straight across and straight down, straight across. Oh. And, you know, so oh. nothing was blended in. It was, yes. it was it was a disaster. Oh, what did your mother say when she came home? Well, we stayed down in the basement at the foot of the stairs and called up and I said, I think you're going to be angry. I think we're in trouble. <laughs> and she was quite horrified. And my, I mean, it wasn't when my hair was like clear down to my waist. It wasn't. Well, my hair was not that long, but it was it was long hair. Yeah. So how did you have to go to a hairdresser? Or how did well, you I had my aunt, Lois, my uh, married to my dad is the oldest of four boys. And um, one of the younger brother, the third brother in that family. Lived in Billings also, and his wife, I don't think she ever went to beauty school or worked as a professional hairdresser, but she did people's hair. For oh, me. okay. So she just had so Mother took me there, and Aunt Lois tried to blend it in a little bit and make it look the same on both sides, oh, nice. I guess, but it just had to grow out. But then I never had my hair long after that. I did, I did have my hair almost shoulder length. Uh, at one point when my husband was alive, because he liked, he'd always said, I'd love to see you with long hair. Mm. So Bruce, you long. started her hairstyle for the rest of her life. <laughs> it was, yes, because I've been kind of committed to this now. Yes, oh, what a great brother. Yes, I guess I did. Yes, you tried it was not a, It was not a good experience. It was not a good haircut. That's for Yeah, good. it was not a good haircut. <laughs> well, that was about the worst thing we ever jointly did. Yeah. I, yeah, and so then. You were pretty young when Loris met Dick. What was your first impressions of Dick? Oh, hey, you know, midshipman. Oh, man, he was cool. Mm, he was I bet. Cool. Yes, yeah. and Bruce had bunk beds in his room. And so when Dick came to our house to stay, which happened later on, right? when he got further along in the academy where he could be someplace on a particular weekend, occasionally, uh, then he would sleep in what? Your bottom bunk? Did you sleep on the top? Yep. Yeah, yep. bunk. Yeah. And so he shared a room with Bruce. Yeah, but I, Bruce I always nice. admired the man. I mean, hey, hey well, first of all, you know, as a young person, you know, to find a person that's in the military or basically in the military, mm -hmm. I respected people like that mm -hmm. and respected him. You know, today's world is so goofy, in my opinion, yeah. uh, because people don't respect things. Yeah. Like I was telling the lady the other day at work, and I know you're, you're going to say work. What are you doing working at almost 81? But I do. I, I work. Because you're a doer. Yeah, you're going to work till, yeah, you, you will do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not one of these people that sit down and read a book. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, hey, I'll go out to the garage. I'll turn wrenches. I'll do anything. <laughs> Be outside mowing or spraying weeds or whatever. Yes, I'm an active person. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because I feel like that's why I still can do the things I do. Because I see a lot of people, well, where I work, I'm one of the oldest guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can, I can outmaneuver most of them, whether, whether I have to run. Because matter of fact, there's one fellow. I said, hey, come on. His name was Skip. I said, let's you know, skip back to the, to the auction. He said, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I'll, I'll skip. You know, oh, I love I'm, it. I'm, I'm, 
I, you know, I like still doing young things. Now I will admit my can do can't always keep up with my want to, <laughs> uh, but I like to do things. I like to be active. I, and that's one of my reasons too, that I went back to school a few years ago too, because I, I like to do things. I like to learn things. Yeah. What did you, what did you go back to school for a few years ago? Oh, I went to the Western College of Auctioneering. That's right. That's right. Bruce is, could be a famous auctioneer. Like, like uh, I don't know Bruce about a famous, me. but I, well, give us a little, little um, treat of a little. Oh, okay. Keep in mind, most auctioneers count by two and a half. So here we go. There, when you go to Mid Ford, ma'am, hey, would you bid a two and a half? I'd about a five. Would you bid a five? I got a five. Let's make it a seven and a half. Seven and a half, ten. Ten, who'll bid a ten? We got a ten over here. Let's make it a twelve and a half. Would you bid twelve and a half? Twelve and a half. We got a twelve and a half. Would you bid a fifteen? Thank you, sir. We got a fifteen. How about us? Yeah. We just do things. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And Loris is like, we um, before we start recording, you guys both um, realize you both love to talk and talk fast. Mm-hmm. And- but Bruce is the auctioneer and Loris just talks fast. Yes, right. <laughs> well, I got into auctioneering not only because I wanted to, but I thought it would be fairly easy for me because for 50 years, I was a score dance caller. And you have a lot of the same chant. You know, turn the left hand lady with the left hand around and a back to your partner with the right hand around twice around the partner. Go to the right hand lady with the left elbow and a back to your honey and swing her man. Hey, swinger, quick, you're going again. Do an Alabama left, your left hand and a partner right and a right and left grand. But auctioneering is a lot different. There's a lot more to it than just saying. I didn't know you had to go to school for it. So that's so interesting. I love that. And Jenny, do you remember that Bruce has always um, had the tongue twisters and the little funny stories? Like no. um, Render Seller? Yeah, tell her just or a like couple the, lines of like Render. Like the P. Little Threes or Lolly Gox P. Threes? Yeah, we'd love to so hear. He fascinates the grandkids and the great grands with just. Yeah. You know, well, once, once upon a while, there's a giddy pearl. Her name was Render Seller, and she lived with her mugly other and her two sad misters. And in that whole corn country, there was a prancing hens who was going to throw a dancy frass ball, and he had invited all the giddy pearls over to, you know, his place for this dancy frass ball. But Render Seller's mugly other told her she couldn't go. She was so sad, she sat down in the corner and died careers. <laughs> and all of a sudden her Gary Fodmutter came to her and said, well, render seller, what'd be the problem? She, she told her, said, well, we'll fix you up. We'll give you a Cansey uh, Foch with Hicks White Horses and we'll give you a, a, a Dancy Fress. And you too can go over to the Pransom Hintz's house, but you must be home by when? By the Micah Strid night. <laughs> yeah. And okay, is that yeah. the end of it? For I know, that's amazing. <laughs> and did you just make these up, Bruce? No, no, there, there is a fellow from Nashville, Archie Campbell. He calls them spoonerisms. Uh, mm. That's one of the ones that he does, you know, but basically it's just swapping two letters around. That's um, amazing. But, yeah, you, can, you can tell yeah, memory. Like the, what is it but, like? The, the P. Little Triggs? Yeah, the P. Little Triggs or Lowly Box and the B. Yes, I love you know, it. White so and but you, you have to be a little careful. Oh, okay. I got in trouble years ago. I remember my parents called me, dad called me. Um, I was out there at BYU and he asked how Rick and Rhea were because they knew Rick from high school days living back here in Maryland. I said, oh, they're all well and healthy or hell and wealthy. I said, hell and wealthy. And oops, I meant well and healthy. So yes, there, there's some things you better say in your mind before you say them out loud. You articulate it. 
Yes. Hello, I forgot that one. Yeah. So you guys were, and we haven't gone into the story. So we're like, we're preempting a little bit, but when the gospel came into your life, you guys were in Chicago, right? No, we were in Billings. Right. So Bruce, what is your recollection of the gospel? Um, like when you guys had the missionaries there and finding it, like what was kind of, cause you were what? 12? 14. 14. I was 14 and Bruce was 11. 11. Okay. So how, yeah. So, um, so what was your recollection, Bruce, when you started the gospel in your, your family? Well, I just remember the elders being there because my aunt and uncle had joined the church. No, had, not yet. Had? Oh. They joined before we did, but right. not when. Oh, okay. The, but I, I thought they were investigating. They, they, they were the ones that. Said, no, daddy's yeah. the one that started it. Oh, okay. I'll take that back. Okay. I guess dad started well, it. But I remember the elders coming over you know, door. And, yeah. and talking to them and so on. And I didn't have any strong feelings, you know, one way or the other. Uh, we were Methodists and going to the Methodist church. But at that time, I didn't feel like anything was definitely right or definitely wrong. Um, they're just two different views. And I remember a challenge that mom had. Um, she had. She had a hard time giving up coffee. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult for her. Well, I wasn't into coffee, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into smoking. I didn't have to worry about that. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you a story. One of the first times we went to the church. On the north side of uh, Billings are these rim rocks. Mm-hmm. And I like to play up there in the rim rocks. And one time, you know, some of my buddies and I we were up there playing, and there's some kids down below us, and we were throwing rocks, not to hit them, but just to scare, scare them. Because yeah. one of them was a little girl, <laughs> and this little girl said, "You better stop doing that because your heavenly Father is watching you." And I thought, I said, "Well, what church do you go to?" She says, "I go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints." I said, "Never heard of it." Well, the next Sunday. We went to the Church of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she was sitting right in front of me. Oh, my goodness. Yes, goodness. yes. So I kind of had to well, eat I my words there. Think yes. I interject, Daddy simply one morning said to us that that was where we were going to go to Sunday school. And Mother was a little horrified, but she wouldn't. she would never have talked back to my dad. Okay. And so we went to church. But daddy worked with several LDS people and mother knew some of these people had met them through my dad's job with the Bureau of Reclamation. And um, so there were people she knew there at church and uh, we had quite a nice time. And then that week, daddy saw the missionaries in the post office and he asked them if they could come and teach us the lessons Mm -hmm. that he'd heard about. Now with uncle Howard and aunt Halois, Someone knocked on their door, knocked on the door. And so they separately did start investigating about the time we did. And they were baptized a month or so before us. Wow. Um, Same missionaries? When, um, and we moved about six or seven weeks after we joined the church was when we moved to Chicago. And, and were they the same missionaries who taught your aunt and uncle and, and your family? Yes, yes. Oh, I think it was. Um and the missionaries, we had an Elder Finley and, and Elder, Elder Ryrie. And Elder Ryrie. 
and you must Ryrie, still remember their names. That's amazing. And Elder Ryrie was from Idaho, um, around near Rexburg. Yeah. And he was 19, and I thought he was really cute. And I remember making kind of Google eyes at him the first time they came to our house. And mother told me that that was not allowed. And the other, the other elder, I'm pretty sure it's the other elder, was actually married. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can tell you. Yeah. Really? Well, just like my, my yeah. wife's father. Yeah. He, he got married and then went on a mission. Well, one of the reasons that this was happening and happened with our elder Finley was that uh, during the Korean War, there were limitations on how many people could serve out of any ward. And I don't remember if it was one or maybe two could be gone at the same time because these men were supposed to be serving in the military. And, um, and elder Ryrie, I mean, elder Finley had not been able to go on a mission at that point. And um, I didn't know what, he was from Wyoming and I didn't know initially what the whole situation was, uh, except that he had a little boy that was burned in, in kind of some kind of a water heater explosion or something happened anyway, yeah. and the child was badly burned. And my parents, the mission president lived in Billings and my parents gave some money, I remember to the mission president to send to help with this boy's medical bills. Probably not a huge amount. We lived very middle class. Um, yeah. It's, we, it's not that we had any wealth or anything. But- um, And what did, did you guys get? Let me just tell you real quickly, the interesting story is that in the year 2000, Dick and I went to, um, because he's from the Benson line, we went to a Benson reunion in Logan. And I was talking to one of his cousins a girl, woman, cousin, we were at their house. And I was telling, they were asking about how I got baptized and what our history was of joining the church. Water. And, um, <laughs> but anyway, I mentioned this and I said, well, he was this elder Finley and he was from Star Valley, Wyoming. And she said to me, I can't remember. It was his, oh, is it Douglas Finley? Well, his name is on my, he both baptized and confirmed me. So I see his name written down on when I look at my certificate. His first name was Elder. And he, yeah, his first name was Elder. Elder, <laughs> Elder Douglas Finley. But anyway, uh, she said, well, you won't believe this, but he was our milkman here in Logan. And she told me about the family. And she said, oh, yes, he had the little boy that was burned, but he did well. And but he said, she said, Elder Finley died a few months ago, but mm -hmm. I can give you the phone number of his widow. And you oh. call her. So I did. And we went to their house. I went to her house the next day. And she pulled out the his missionary journal that talked about what it was like to baptize our family and how the following oh. week he went to our house and daddy grilled hamburgers on the grill, which of course mm -hmm. the grill, having a grill was kind of a new concept then. Grill mm -hmm. these hamburgers. This was in 1953. Grill the hamburgers okay. and my mother fixed these wonderful side dishes because my mom was such a good cook. And we paid, played cro croquet in the backyard. Oh, hello. Down. And it was just, and then she said, and then she called her son, Matthew, to come and meet us because he was a little boy that was in the accident. And of course, Matthew was now like middle age, you know, or so. This yeah, was, yeah. And this was 20 years ago. Moment. So oh, I just so wanted to, I don't know how much Bruce remembered about this, but yeah. I remember the missionaries, me telling them I couldn't believe about, um, Elder about Lehi's family coming to the Americas 
Um, couldn't believe that they sailed somehow and got here. And they told me that I would pray about it. And I know it was true. And I did pray about it. And I knew it was true. And um, a lot of the really neat, so to say, neat kids in my junior high did go to that ward. We're in, we're church members. Branch. And the boys, especially, or branch, branch. yes, it wasn't a ward, it was a branch. Uh, and especially the boys were the ones who were the good basketball players at school. You didn't mind at all joining that church. No, no, I didn't mind that church. And I had friends right away. And so it um, was, and it and was- it was probably many years when you guys got sealed as a family. Can you tell just us? A one, bit just one year. year after we just lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We lived in Chicago and then moved back to Washington, D.C. area. <clears throat> and then we drove all the way out to Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. We went, yeah, the summer after we were moving from Chicago, we went out to Billings and uh-huh. went with my aunt and uncle and their family. And we all went down to Salt Lake together. And Bruce and I had to stay in the children's waiting room. Well, our parents were endowed and then got to be there to be sealed to them. And it was very nice. And uh, I wrote down someplace that that us kids kind of, oh, I wrote a thing about how we joined the church for my grandchildren. I wrote, it's a several page essay type thing I wrote a few years ago. But I told them about how my cousin, Roxanne, and I wondered if our parents felt that they should be on a honeymoon after they had been, quote, married in the temple, sealed in the temple, and whether they just were pretty upset that us kids had to be along. <laughs> What's but your recollection? Chris? I remember, remember one thing. Well, we got our, I think at the same time, we got our patriarchal blessings. While oh, we're no. We got our patriarchal, yeah. no, the summer before, we got our patriarchal blessings. Together, you guys got them together? We got them together about two months after we joined the church, before we moved to Chicago. So just oh, we, parents were doing that time they were we didn't know us at all. We didn't know this person because the person that gave us our patriarchal blessings was the same person that gave Thomas Monson his patriarchal oh, blessings. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's didn't oh, that's really interesting. I can't believe how fast your parents at that time were doing everything. Your patriarchal blessings, your sealing, like yeah. they really wanted to move. And fast. those people in Chicago totally wrapped their arms around us when we yeah. got there because. We were the only LDS family that lived in our suburb of Elmhurst. We lived about 18 miles or so west of Chicago. Yes. And um, and I was the only one in the high school, a huge, mm-hmm. enormous high school from several different suburbs. You're- and um, I was the only LDS person in the high school. So and new- we had to drive a ways to go to church. And we met in a clubhouse. It was um, over by a swimming pool clubhouse mm-hmm. type thing. And yeah. um, it was, but though right away, my mother was asked to be the Relief Society president, Relief Society secretary. And yeah. I don't remember what daddy did, but on activity nights, on Wednesday nights, the whole family went and they had um, like, I don't know, primary or Cub Scouting or whatever it was that the boys, the kids did. I think it was primary, actually. Like I that. tried to wrap my arms around the bishop's daughter. You did? Yeah, yeah, Gail Mortensen. Oh, Gail Mortensen. That's right, because yeah. her older yeah. sister was my friend. But I was only 11 years old, so I, <clears throat> it didn't get too awfully far. No, but you move quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bruce always has that. <laughs> <laughs> his motorcycle image and his all the fun yes. 
Bruce is always. And so, so you guys joined the church, got sealed, moved to DC pretty quickly after, and we're going to like yeah. go further into this and in further podcast into the history yeah. of it. But Bruce, when did you um, move back to Billings? Like your middle years of like, like, did you, how did you guys stay in touch and stay close? Okay, repeat that question again. How did we? When did you move to Billings? Oh, when did you move to Billings? Like, how did you guys stay close as siblings during those years? Okay, see, we we moved <clears throat> we moved out here or yeah, to DC area, and I think fifty four, and then uh, uh, of course Lars got married in fifty nine, mm-hmm. and then and Dick had graduated. And so then they were off to Pensacola and so on for flight school. Mm-hmm. And 61, uh, I went out to BYU and uh, was there for a long time before they finally said, okay, you've had enough, get out of here. And, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so in 67, I ended up moving back here again, back East uh, to Maryland uh, to work. And uh, we kind of thought, no, we wanted to go to California, but would like to stay there in Utah, but there wasn't anything as far as jobs in, in my field there in Utah. And what was your field at that time? Recreation education. Yeah, you know, okay. I worked for like municipal recreation department. So I came to work <laughs> for Montgomery County. I, I flew back here and I had job interviews with all four counties around Washington, D.C. and uh, Bethesda, Chevy Chase, uh, YMCA. And flew back to Provo there, and a week later I had five job offers, all paying the same thing within a hundred dollars annually. Unbelievable! You know, wow, yes, it was a lot of money sixty one hundred bucks a year. <laughs> did it feel? Did it feel like a lot of money at the time? Well, Dude. yeah, because I'd been a college student <laughs> <Yeah>. and and <laughs> not making much. Yeah. Could you could you live on sixty one hundred dollars a year at that time? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah could. We could that uh, I don't remember what our house payment was, but it's probably maybe 200 bucks a month, mm-hmm. something like that. It wasn't very much because yeah. we bought a house, $19,000. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of money at that time. Yeah. yeah Three yeah. year salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, Loris and Dick were gone. But we'd see them once in a while because they'd come back and visit the folks and so on. Well, and we did live here for those two years. Yeah. And then the folks uh, had the house up at Deep Creek Lake. And so, you know, we'd get together and, you know, recreate up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Then I moved back to Billings in 67. Okay. my aunt and uncle there, the ones that had joined the church about the same time as 67? we did. How come you lived here? 76. Because you were here for the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah 76. Year. I apologize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get my tail tangled up sometimes and I get wrapped <laughs> around my eye teeth and I can't see a thing. Uh, anyway, in 75, my wife and I had flown out to uh, see her parents there in California and to drive a 55 Thunderbird all the way back from California, back to Maryland, okay? Yeah. And I pictured that too, out there on Bonneville Salt Flats. But uh, when, we, when we happened to be in San Francisco there at the airport, I ran into my aunt and uncle that were from Billings and they had the restaurant. And 
I told him, since when you folks get ready to retire, we'd be interested in buying your restaurant because at that time I was working for Marriott in restaurant management. Okay. And they said, well, it's probably gonna be about four years. And I said, that's fine, I'm not going anywhere. Well, six months later, they call me and say, how soon can you get out here? Yeah. That was on a Wednesday, so we flew out on a Friday and decided to buy the business, bought a home, lined up the attorney, lined up an accountant. It was kind of a fast, week. Uh, well, we moved to, to back to Billings there in 76 and um, been out there ever since. And I don't think you're going to get me out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know, I feel very fortunate. I, I've traveled, you know, all over our country and and throughout Europe. And yeah, I should interject that when Bruce was a square dance caller with the BYU folk dancers and he spent uh-huh. a summer traveling in Europe. Oh, that's fancy. Wow, that's so fun. You know, I just think you both have such a beautiful friendship and love for each other. Like, you know, like you really do admire each other and um, and just seeing each other through your years of raising your kids and your marriages and, you know, and and your love for Christ. Like, how would you know, looking now you have so much like 2020, but like finding the gospel and your parents and sealing and everything like just um, to kind of end this kind of just in one minute, both of you guys tell us kind of just your feelings about your family and like God and kind of like your connection with each other and kind of what, how you feel about it all now that you're in your eighties. We feel old. early eighties. We feel early eighties. Oh, gee, I don't have my testimony right here. I have it written down at home, but I don't have it right here. But I believe in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I believe in our Savior. You know, I don't, I don't, what I say, if I stand up in testimony, a lot of people say, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. Well, I say it a little bit different. I believe Jesus Christ. In other words, he is what he says he is. Okay, and he is going to do what he says he will do, as long as I live up to my share of the bargain too. I will have made covenants uh, with Jesus Christ and his father. Uh, uh, and we try to keep these covenants and we realize the covenant is an agreement between two of us and they are not going to break their side of the covenants. Only I'm the one that can break it if I'm going to break it. Good and point. I don't want to break it. You know, I want to be able to uh be with him again someday you know sometimes yeah. i wonder if i can yeah because i have my challenges um but you know i i believe the gospel's true and i'm happy to be a member and grateful i can be a temple worker and uh yeah so it gives yeah, me a lot of pleasure yeah your parents gave you a great foundation didn't they just that yeah yeah and loris kind of just like jenny i just um, because I have to leave for them. I, I feel where that we continue to realize how connected we are to our families and um, proud to be who we are and have had um, a lot of fortunate times in our life that we have been incredibly blessed, which yes. um, I am in many, many regards, illnesses, all kinds of things. And um are fortunately fortunate that we can live in the time when the gospel has was restored and is here on the earth and we can participate in this and have the additional knowledge. I don't think that joining this church took away anything 
from our previous beliefs, it only added to it right. and explained so much more of what Jesus Christ expects of us mm -hmm. and the protection that we get from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and um, the blessings that the Holy Ghost gives us to give us warnings, gives us comfort, does all the things that are promised. And uh, I love feeling that I'm a part of that. And it makes it easiest that although Bruce and I once in a while have some political differences, we don't have differences about all these beliefs and they're very sacred and precious to us and which that alone would draw us to be close now. And I yeah. think we just appreciate each other and um, wish we lived a little closer. Yeah. Well, I, I think Charles and Margaret, oh, go ahead, Bruce. I look forward to the day that we can be with our parents yeah. in a heavenly area. Okay. I, I was just gonna say that. I think Charles and Margaret looking down at both of you, like, yeah. So much love and so proud of like the life you put. Well, sometimes so. that they probably wouldn't have thought that of me, but well, uh, it all works out in the end, right? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. Okay, and just, I have to go, but you can talk to Bruce if you all want. All right, to. all right. Well, thank you, Bruce, for being here today. We're so glad that you were able to be on this podcast, and we just love like that you're part of our family. So, thank you. And um, we will pick up with Loris and her story, and we're going to go deep into the Montana years in the next podcast. So stay tuned for that. Yes. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Have a great Bye. day. Bye.